All right, let's go ahead and hit it. Let's do it, guys. I'm respecting your time because it's a beautiful day. We'll be out of here shortly, right? Famous last words? <laughs> I believe it, but I don't know. <laughs> All right, so good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody watching or listening online. You can always find three or four years' worth of sermons for free on NorwoodFMC.com, or, of course, if you're watching on Facebook, well, just keep scrolling and you'll find more. Today, I want to tie two different things together. That's my goal, I believe. I kind of I come here in prayer on Saturdays and, and, and ask the Lord what he wants to talk about, what he wants to show us. And what I gathered is that he wants to, we want to talk about the Our Father prayer. Now, some of us come from systems where we were taught that this prayer was a prayer, the prayer, the prayer to pray. But we have a problem. There's a hundred thousand million billion officially prayers in the Bible, and only one of them is modeled the Our Father prayer, right, Lyle? And in fact, we even see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, and he does not use the Our Father prayer. And in fact, we even see the prayer that you should be most concerned about, the ones for you and me. Lord, Je Father, I pray for those who will hear about me through the apostles' work, essentially. He prays for us. Like in 2019, he prays for us. And he does not say, our Father, whom art in heaven. So here's the thing. What is it? Now, I've also, <laughs> and again, you know what? Some people are going to disagree with me, and that's totally fine. I'm just a dude. You're responsible for your own spirituality. You understand that? I, I can, I'm the under-shepherd. I point you to him. You go to him, and he gives you the answers. But I will say this. There's also been books written about the Our Father prayer. And what does it do? It tells us that he gives us a model for prayer. Adoration, consecration, thanksgiving, and supplication. Anybody? You remember that? Acts. So, 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 here's what we did as a church. Okay, so, beep, bop, boop, boop. Uh, let me think. Adoration. Father God, you're cool, cool. What was the next one? Oh, okay. Oh, and we started to formulate things. And here's the problem. Every time Jesus runs into a formula in the Bible, he goes, whoa, let's go to the heart. Let's always go to the heart of the tradition, of the, of the feast, of the whatever, right? Because here's what happens, Jules. He gives us stuff, and we start to, like, worship the gift. Amen? Even a prayer, we start to go. I mean, we even have systems where in order for you to get right with God, you've you got to throw out a certain number of these prayers. One, two, three of these will be enough. You think that's what Jesus intended? I didn't say anything. I'm asking y'all. <laughs> I know I'm a troublemaker. Don't think I don't know that about myself. Right, Jules? I'm just using my powers for good now. <laughs> but so, no, that's the thing, though. Even the Our Father prayer can become this thing and this formula, this ritual, this, you know what I mean? This, this, this religion thing. And all of a sudden, it's lost, it's lost the point. So I'm going to propose something weird to you today. Please tell me we have Matthew 6, 5. I'm going to propose something to you. We're not going to go right to it. We're going to, I believe it gives us two different things. Sure, sure. As long as it says in when you pray, that's all I, that's all I care about. I'm going to screw that up. Okay. Elsewhere, when talking about prayer, Jesus says this. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they'll be heard because of their many words. And then, I don't know if we have the next one, but even if we don't, it says, but instead, you know, go to your father in secret, and your father who hears what's in secret will hear you, and you'll have your reward. So I want to say this. And then, of course, we have the Our Father prayer. I don't feel like I need to show you necessarily. It's our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, blah, blah. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say to jump off and get going in this message. It's this. What we see in this passage here, now, now, put these two things together. It's important to know the whole counsel of God as best you can because people throughout ages have taken pieces of the Bible 
and weaponized them and used them against people. Whether it be women or divorcees, whatever it is, they took one little thing and they weaponized it and beat people. And that was never the intention. And if you don't believe me, go to when the devil tempts Jesus with the word of God. Jesus shows that knowing the whole word of God will insulate you and keep you, keep you safe from that. So if someone tries to put their fists on you and say, man's head of the household, you can easily say, you're twisting that. Hardcore, submit to one another as in Christ Jesus, and in the garden, it was, you were, we were equal. We are equal. We're both in the image of God. Get it? That needs to be said. And I'm not Mr. Stand Up for Women or, or any specific type, but that sometimes needs to be said, because that's a big one. Racism, too. Racism's been very much... Um, anyway... So in the whole counsel of God, you've got the Our Father prayer. Just stay with me. I know I babble. Yeah, like this guy. <laughs> okay, so you got the Our Father prayer, and, and is it a model prayer? But Jesus actually shows us elsewhere that there's a dividing line. Here's, here's where we go. I'm going to get in the first gear. There's a dividing line through humanity, Lyle. That's what Jesus is going to show us. And it's not, according to Jesus, it's not non-believers and believers. <laughs> this is crazy. Just hear me out. The dividing line between in humanity is not non-believers and believers. Jesus is actually saying it's the dividing line is this. Those who think they'll be heard because of this or those who think they'll be heard because of this. I've told you before that uh, Father God is, is uh, Steph calls him Daddy God when she prays. Um, we understand that he loves us all very much. He's described as the perfect loving father who's slow to anger, quick to forgive, and desires that all people would come to him and understand him. And having said that about the Our Father prayer, there's two types of people walking the planet. Those people who think they'll be heard because of what they do and the words they use, or the people that know they'll be heard because of who they are and who God is. So Jesus says, you can think you're going to be heard. They think they'll be heard because of their babbling like pagans and their many words. Or there's people who realize your father, God, and that's why you hear me. Now, here's the thing. Let me go back to my previous statement, which none of you really hung on. And I understand that. You know, you Everybody prays. Don't lie. Nobody's made it to adulthood without whipping up a prayer here or there. Come on, man. When dad gets sick, when mom doesn't feel well, when the people you love the most go down, you're like, listen, there's got to be something. Is there an anchor anywhere that it's going to hold? What is this life about? Please, somebody. <laughs> Get it? So, no, 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 no. It's not about people who don't pray versus people who do pray because everybody prays. <laughs> it's the difference is this. My neck itches, sorry. Um, <laughs> the people who think they're going to be heard because of what they've done or what they say or the formula, back to the Our Father prayer, they think they're hurt because of the formula, or there's people who understand father. And when you say father, good dads, listen. My kids are at the age six and four where... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I was looking at him yesterday morning. I was trying to wake him up because I knew we had a lot going on in the day, and I was suspicious we were going to go fishing. So I was like, come on. It's like 10.30, dude was still sleeping. Don't you judge him. Look at Billy judged him. <laughs> but I was like, you know, you try to wake him up nice, but you're trying to wake him up. Hello, hello. <laughs> but I remember looking at him, and then this is the thought I had, I promise you. I said, oh, heck, careful there, AJ, because as soon as you wake him up, he's going to start that long, steady stream of daddy, 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 that I hear all day long. 
And I don't go off to work. That is my job. And so the, between the two of them, I hear, daddy, daddy. And they don't even say daddy anymore. It's like, daddy, daddy. They just roll through it. I'm like, oh, it's even annoying the way you say it sometimes. <laughs> daddy, 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 daddy. But can I tell you something? As much as I hear it 457 times a day, I actually turn 99% of the times. No, I really do. And it's probably more like 100%. Because even if it's daddy, daddy, daddy. He still has my attention. They still have my attention because they have my love. There's two types of people in the world. The people that think they're going to be heard because of what they do or what they don't do or the formulas they use. Or even if you want to talk about Jews, who they were born into. Or there's people who understand Abba Father. Right? There's the dividing line before we even get to the our Father prayer. So, and like I said, you know, here's the thing. Let me disarm you Western church for a second. It doesn't say this guy's at home watching football not talking to God. It doesn't say that. We, 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 we tend to think them and us kind of thing. It doesn't say this guy's saying no to God. It doesn't say that at all. It just says he's leaning on things that are, that, that, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if it works out or not. Okay. Very similar to human relationships. I want to say this. There's business relationships and then there's family relationships. In a business relationship, the basis is this. I have something for you. You have something for me. It's a, it's a have. I can offer you something. And in a family, it's this. It's what I am to you. What you are to me, what I am to you. And there's a big difference there. Now, to keep this metaphor going, there's two different ways you can live in someone's house. You can live as a boarder or as family. And as a boarder, the person who owns you know, the actual property is your landlord. You can have a decent relationship, but you got to pay the rent on time. You got to respect the property. You got to this and that and this and this. They have rules you have to follow, maintenance and the whole thing. And if you think about it, it's a business relationship. But then there's family relationships. And I know we can have mixed feelings about this, but I'm talking about like think kid. Don't think 25-year-old kid playing video games in your basement. Don't think that. Go to the kid. The kid that needs you and the kid that needs a place to live. Was it any question that your 10-year-old was going to stay in your home and have everything of yours? Did anybody here charge their 8 or 10-year-old rent? Don't put your hands up because we will judge you. <laughs> we will. That's terrible. What do you got them working salt mines or something? Come on. But you see the difference there? And the thing is, here's the thing, ready? And this is the point I think God's trying to make today is this. Those two relationships, the two basises, they don't mix well together at all, do they? You ever been friends with your employees? What happens when it's time to correct them? Amy, right? And you might like them, but you understand it does not mix well. It doesn't mix well in the kingdom of God either. It doesn't. And we can think we're one when we're actually the other. So let me keep going here. He's saying this. If you approach God on a business law, here's some, here's some ways to know. He's saying this. Prayer is an indicator of your heart's position. That's what Jesus is saying, in my opinion. And Timothy Keller talked about this quite a bit out of, out of New York. He says, if you're approaching God on a business level, your words, you'll, you'll babble. Your words will be many. These two phrases are interesting because in other translations it says they heap up empty phrases thinking they'll be heard because of their vain repetition. And the words can be a little vague, but the word babbling is a Greek word that means empty words. And the word many at the end of the sentence usually means anxious words. So you ready? Here's, what, here's whether you know uh, you're, you're praying as a pagan or as a follower, right? What happens when your prayers aren't answered? Listen to me. If you're approaching God in a business relationship and you think you're heard because of your many words, whatever, when your prayers aren't answered is, is your big indicator. Here's the thing. If you're approaching God in a business relationship, 
and your prayers aren't answered, you'll do one of two things. You'll be cold because you'll say, I've been paying the rent. I deserve you to do your bar- end of the bargain. I've been good. This isn't good. You're letting me down. That's how you know you're approaching God in a business relationship. Or if the prayers aren't answered, you become anxious and you say this, I've not been paying the rent. Therefore, this happened. You get me? I know it's profound. I know, I know, I know, I know. The reason I can talk about this is because it's so me. If something in my life goes down that I don't think is good, uh, that I label not good. If I, if I am out stepping out of who he is and who I am and dad, God, if I step out of that, that's when bad things happen. And I start to go, you're not doing your job. I did my job. I prayed. I worshiped. I this and this. And I put my finger in his chest and I, and I indict him. But what Jesus is saying right here is this. That's approaching God on a business level. And that's where that dissonance comes from. Or if I haven't been good, I think to myself sometimes, well, this bad thing must have happened because I'm not good enough. Anybody ever been there? I didn't read my Bible enough. I'm not as sincere. Look at that guy over there. And here's, here's the thing. And nobody's coming at you at all. Jesus is teaching us the best way. We're going to get to the Our Father prayer, maybe. And it's this. It's that's a part of your old system and old thinking and maybe even culture seeping into your relationship with dad. Because here's the thing. Someone who's approaching God in the Our Father, Dad, will say this. May your kingdom come and your will be, be done in my life as it is in heaven, no matter what that looks like. And when that comes, I trust you. Because yours is the kingdom with all power and all the glory is yours now and forever. And so you're Dad and I'm, and I'm your son, I'm your daughter. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to search for, did I do enough? Or you're not doing enough because I'm doing enough. Get it? And the dividing line becomes very clear. Again, nobody's, nobody's coming at anybody. We're opposing the, uh, the paradigm. I don't want to be cold, impersonal, and mechanical in my prayers to God. I don't. I'll tell Okay, listen. <clears throat> I was coming here. I was on the motorcycle, which the motorcycle is good for me because I can be a lunatic and people don't know I'm being a lunatic. How do you know I'm not talking on the phone, right? Because a lot of the, nobody, nobody rides motorcycle. Okay, here's this new thing where you can actually be on the Bluetooth and talking to someone in your helmet. Or you could be crazy like me who's having a conversation with God <laughs> or praying or worshiping or whatever. But if I'm doing 60 down the road, all you hear is like, <laughs> was that guy yelling at somebody on a motorcycle? On the way here, guys, can I tell you something? I, I wasn't into it at all. I wasn't into this. I wasn't feeling God's presence or nothing. And there's certain things we can do. We can pray in our, our prayer language and things like this. But um, you know what I did, though? Because I could not feel any motivation to come or do whatever. I remember back to the moment when I first met God at 17 years old. And so what I did was I reminded myself, it's not about what you're going to do. And it's not about what you have to do in front of you. You remember when you met him? You remember the first moment you realized he loves me, and I'm going to be okay. And I stopped thinking. I got out of my own head, which had six million thoughts I couldn't quite pin down. And I just showed up. And when I got here, my metaphorical name tag said, AJ of God. He's adopted me. It's settled. 
And that's the basis on which I'm in his presence, the basis on which I'm here, and the basis on which everything is going to be okay. Does that make sense? But I found myself doing it. I found myself trying to do, trying to figure things out, trying to whatever. And you can't have both the business and the familial family relationship. Familial. <laughs> Bev's like, was that right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was the right word. John 17 says this. Well, hold on. I want to I stick on something for a second here. Bruce prays for us uh, when he prays. He says often, he says, unleash, Lord God, the spirit of adoption. And I say this all the time, but I think it needs to be said again today. And if you could just put your wall down for like two seconds. John, in the book of John, it says this. For those who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God, sons and daughters of God. And so here's the thing. In the Bible, in Bible times, in the Old Testament, or in New Testament and Old Testament, any sort of adoption was irrevocable. It just wasn't a thing. Like, I mean, even today, you know, you'd have paperwork and stuff, but if a kid got bad enough, you could put him back in the system probably. Not in the biblical times. In the biblical times, if someone wore that signet ring that we read about in the prodigal son, somebody wore that signet ring, it was done. Remember when Absalom absolutely came against David? You remember how David still wept at the end of that? That's the spirit of father. That's the spirit of adoption. That's the spirit of family. You get it? It looks odd to us. And even his men were like, bro, you got to break out of this. But that's just the way it was. The prodigal, the prodigal son, he takes off, he does all these things, right? Comes home and he's received as though he never left, right? Because the relationship was never broken. I have to tell you right now, and, and sometimes I wonder, but there are people sitting in this room right now, maybe myself included, yeah, Devin, myself included, and people listening online, who we still have yet to receive that open adoption because we think it's too good to be true, or we look too much at ourselves and we say there's no way because, and we hand God our list and it goes something like this. I'm going to hang out on the prodigal son for a minute. Father, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your servant, right? But if you'll, er, your son, but if you'll let me in. Do you remember that in the prodigal son? Well, which ones do you throw out there, people? Which ones do you throw out there? What is it? I still think about this. I still don't believe this. Father God, I'm not convinced. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to write. That's some folks. I'm not smart. I'm not pretty. I'm not in shape. What's your list that you're ready to hand God? The reason that right now in this room, I can feel some people who just can't get to that adoption place. And then we wonder why we're on that hamster wheel of performance. And I'm good today. I'm bad tomorrow. I'm good today. I'm bad tomorrow. Who am I, God? And God's saying this. When you're done dancing around on that treadmill, I'll tell you exactly who you are. You're mine. Get, someone give me a good amen on that. Amen. Thank you. Because you know what? That's what that's supposed to look like. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The person who can receive that, when all the rest of the world starts telling you who you are and who you aren't, and all the things in the world and the medical reports start showing danger, 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 what do you think you run back to? You run back to Father God. I should tell that story. I should tell that story, Greg. Greg told me a story yesterday about Buggy, his, his little boy. Um, so some random dog <laughs> named after a Duke boy. Um, no, listen, his little boy, listen to this story. This, is, this has got to be us. 
his little boy was, um, they're walking around and, and, and there was a dog in the front, right? And the dog, I don't know. I don't know what the dog did, but the boy sensed trouble in the dog. And the thing, whether or not there was trouble there. I don't want to start a family feud. <laughs> well, I don't want to start a family feud over here. But um, here's the thing. The, the point of all this is this. Whatever he perceived to be greater than him, the boy looked at the big old dog, and instead of standing strong, or instead of saying, I deserve for you to eat me, you know what he did? He just ran behind his dad. Did you get it? So some of us are too busy putting our lists of sins out there, and we're taking on the dog. And I'll get what I deserve. And then others of it, right? When you know what we really just need to do? Father in heaven. That's it, man. Wasn't that chick's story? I wasn't the best. Yeah. Well, welcome here. You fit right in. <laughs> when chick says I wasn't the best Christian. Good, yeah, but nobody, none of us in this room, right? It's a me too type of church. He says my own merits didn't do it. I didn't always believe. And yet in my darkest hour, there he was. There was Father God walking me through these things. And you know, when you go through things like that, here's what you realize. Despite whatever's going on with you, Father God is greater and he's made the choice to love you. Okay, okay. I told you the story before about Pastor Robert Morris out in Texas. Years I followed this guy. He's a good guy. He's a guy. Um, he's, he, I like him now. If you ever want to listen to extra podcasts, I would recommend Gateway Church. Um, but he really struggled with receiving the love of people around him, namely his wife. I told you the story before, but again, God has me talking about this. <laughs> Somebody needs this. So he was always like, why do you love me? And his wife's like, I don't know. Um, you're a good dad. And he goes, what if I stop being a good dad? Time out. Don't give conditional reasons for love to the people around you. Honestly, they'll never bloom and, and, and blossom because the perfectionist spirit inside of them will say, well, what if I stop? Because dad loved me when I did stuff. Mom loved me when I performed. Get it? You know what you say to someone? The same thing God said to him. Why do you love me, he said. And he goes, because I choose to. So he asked, he asked another preacher, why, why does God love me? And he goes, because he chose to. Do you want to know why God loves everyone in this room? Despite your bad choices, despite your good choices, despite the way your hair flops, whatever is about you, who is made of dust, God has chosen to put his love right there. And now what you do with that will determine where you end up in life. Do you understand that? Because he's as polite as he is powerful. And on my worst day, Jesus still died for me. I'm paraphrasing the Bible, which says this. While we were still sinners... Meaning while we were going our own way, when we didn't give a darn about God and what he wanted, he said, yes, nevertheless, let thy will be done, Father, right? So everything we do has to come out of this. This is our didymus in the Bible. It's the Greek word where we get our word dynamite. Your power to go do anything God has called you to do is in the identity he's placed upon you. Do we get that? <laughs> Bev just said he forgives me before I forgive myself. Time out, absolutely. But why do you think that is? Let's explore that. Why? Because he chooses to. And you know what you don't do? You don't choose to forgive yourself. You want a pound of flesh or a drop of blood from you, right? Before you forgive yourself. When you do that, you forget that the drops of blood have already been spilled. Get it? 
You don't need to punish yourself anymore. Jesus took that on the cross, and it was punishment enough, man. You know, very good, Bev, very good. I believe you just heard from God, and you're going to steer this service. Let's talk a little bit about loving ourselves, shall we? Because I'll tell you what, I sit in that office, and whether you want to do psychology through the mind or you want to do spirit, because they're both true because they're of God, whether you want to look at those things, wounds come from the people around us, and they show us how to treat ourselves and how to treat other people and what we can expect other people to treat ourselves understand and we all take in these lies at times like bev said where in order to forgive myself i've got to earn it or i gotta out i gotta do more good than bad and here's the thing jesus never ever pointed to that because he did the ultimate good there's nothing we can add there's nothing we can add. And if you can, then what does that make you? Part of the Trinity or what? Did you get it? Jesus stood on the cross and he said, Tetelestai in Greek. It is finished, done, over, close the book. Everything Bev needs to live forgiven and in perfect intimacy with me, I did it all. And unless you get that, you're going to waste the time I've given you to enjoy that beautiful blue sky out there and your grandkids and the miracles in your life. You're going to spend how much time punishing yourself? I was punished enough. Well, God, I mean, it's so terrible. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. God is not sitting there going, that's all right, what you've done. No, he agrees with you. You're guilty. Do you get it? Come on. All right. They throw a woman at his feet. Caught in the act of adultery. No questions asked. And how does he respond to a Ten Commandment type of sin? Time out. What if it was your husband she was with? Let's get real for a second. Because we look and go, I see myself in her. Fair enough. But let's see the whole situation. She broke up at least one family to do what she was doing. Right? But how does he respond he does not say, it's no big deal, my child. He does not say, where's the evidence? I don't believe it. He knows absolutely that she's made a choice in her brokenness that creates more brokenness. I wish maybe just for a week I could erase the word sin from everyone, everyone's mind. Because church and culture has made that word something that's a stumbling block. Sin is an archery term that appeared in literature long before the Bible. And it means to draw back an arrow and hit somewhere else besides the intended target. So if I draw back my bow, I've got a compound bow, and if I, if I hit anywhere but the bullseye, that's the archery term sin. And so here's the thing. Bev said, God forgives me before I forgive myself. Because you've taken this big, heavy word, and the enemy of our souls uses it to crush you and grind you down. How about this? Ready? That woman caught in the act of adultery, and what I'm not going to do right now is justify it. I'm going to give you a reason and not an excuse. Here's the act of adultery. Downstream. Do you understand? You see this metaphor? Back up here, something was broken inside that woman. Do you understand? that led for her to look for something good, security and love, in a forbidden place. Let loose a real good arrow and miss that mark. Do you understand? And do you know what Jesus does? They're like, hey, look at this mess she's made. Call her names and, and kill her. Throw stones at her until she dies. That's the law. And he goes, 
I'm, I'm concerned about up here. There's something inside of you, my daughter, whom I formed with my hands and love like anyone else on this planet. There's something here that's looking for something good in a wrong place. Now, did I just say it was okay? But did I not just show you there's more than just this huge word called sin? And then you go in church and they start talking about it. And they say, clean yourself up and, and look better and stop sinning as much. Why? Why? Now, let me ask you, why? So that God will love me? Have you read the Bible? God had put his love on me because Jesus paid the price. Now, you want to know what performance is about? Performance is about this. I perform because I'm loved. I want to do the things you want me to do. You get it? I don't sit here and have this job. I could sell cars, maybe. I would hate it. I don't do this because I, I, I feel like I have to. I don't. You want to know what? I get to, man. God has shown me enough. In the, I, I started taking him seriously and letting him change my life when I was 25. I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'm kidding. But um, in the last decade-ish or more, decade and a half, um, here's what I've realized. God, you're so good to me that I want to do the things you want me to do. And I'm, man, I don't know. That, that one might get you thrown out of church, AJ. <laughs> We're no longer even under the law, people. We're no longer even under the law, but I can't say that without people taking it and going the wrong way with it, but it's reality. We're not even under the law anymore. So Bev feels guilty about something. Why? You didn't live up to your own standard. You didn't live up to God's standard. It didn't affect anything about your value on this planet. It didn't. So don't take those five minutes and beat yourself up because there's a broken, bloody God on the cross of Calvary that did that for you. Honestly, like, get this, get this, get this. And listen, for a lot of years, I thought I was wrong. And I might be. Hey, y'all, if you want to put a pink slip in that office anytime you want, if I'm starting to preach heresy, please. But here's what I realized. When I screw things up, I said it a couple weeks ago. And maybe my buddy Pete, my buddy Pete is the same way. Where when I screw things up, I've stopped, like, covering my shame. I've stopped even, I've stopped even having time for shame. What, what, what a shame. Shame is don't look at me, isn't it? Shame is I'm bad. Shame is I want to cover myself. Well, here's the problem. God's everywhere at all times. <laughs> what a foolish practice that would be. But I realized how much time I was spending backing away from God because of my behavior. And God is as polite as he is powerful. He watches me back away. But I'm only hurting myself because the reality is Jesus already died for that sin too. I started today by saying this. Jesus started today by saying this. When you pray and oh, you will, oh, you will. When you choose to lean your life against something, I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God is near. Don't do it on your own merits. Don't do it on how good you were. Don't do it on what denomination you're a part of or what prayers you've said in what order. Don't do that. They think they're going to be heard because of their words. When you know what? You're heard because of your God, your dad. So instead say this. Abba Father, Daddy in heaven, your name is holy and awesome. Hallowed is your name. And I want what you want. May your kingdom, the way you do things, may that come in my house, my heart, this country, this county, as it is in heaven. And I trust you to provide for me. Please give me everything I need. Give us this daily bread. And please forgive me because I'm a work in progress. Help me to forgive everybody else because they're works in progress too. 
And please deliver us from evil because there's things out there trying to steal, kill, and destroy my family, my joy, my self-identity. You're, you're the only hedge of protection there is in the spiritual realm. It's real. There's six dimensions of spirituality and four human. But yours alone is all power and all glory now and forever. You're awesome, Dad. You're so awesome. That's how you pray. That's how you pray with that understanding. I'm going to end right there. I'm going to end right there. Brian, what's the song we have? You know what we're going to do? Let's switch off to Good Father. We may have just done it. I don't care. Do you want to know why God, Father God's good to you? Because he's a good father. Despite, again, you, some of us, as we hear our father, we might have had fathers that brought us a lot of pain, right? Father might mean abuser. Fight, father might mean the one that you had to perform for. But God is a good father because that's his choice. Let's sing. Lisa, come on up. Examine our hearts this week, man. I know some of you, I saw your faces where we're so busy indicting ourselves for the things we've done, not understanding that God's already done that for us.